So welcome to the second episode of Shador Music Club, a project that aims to fill this vessel with music and conversations about how music keeps us alive. You, if you're curious a little bit about the strange title of this podcast, it's because it's the name of this copper-colored catamaran that we're on, um, and Shador means gold cat in French. So I want to do a little shout out to Paul, Sunset Studio, who's the man on the sound. We got Benson Koo of Wave Pictures, who is on video. And an extra big thank you to the live audience for sharing this moment with all of us. Let me introduce these three wonderful musicians. So first we have Gwenji, Hong Kongese indie folk singer-songwriter formerly half of the folk duo Mothgown. You officially went solo in 2021. And impressively, your debut single, Don't, was top streamed and charts listed. Um, you compose all your own music and lyrics yourself. You were recently featured by Hypebeast and The Moving Session. And you did a sellout concert earlier this month with Namcha and Anna Hisper at The Music Zone. Last year, you released seven singles, and one of them, Haze, was co-produced with Hong Kong's well-known indie folk singer, Tommy Chan. So then we have Longman, sitting across from me, a music and sound artist, trained as an erhuist. You often play with various musicians and bands, fascinated by both the generative potential of computer music and natural soundscapes and their interplaying possibilities. You're interested in extending the sonic experience with technology. Your current practices include ambisonic spatial sound design, audio-visual performance, VR uh, sound installation, oscilloscope animation, <laughs> and more stuff with very complicated names. <laughs> um, Nerdy. <laughs> Nerd, <laughs> nerdy stuff. <laughs> um, you even worked on making a 3D printed Erhu, which maybe you may tell us about later. Sure. Um, you started a group called Longmen, releasing a single called River in 2021, where you play synth in addition to your instruments, which has a little bit more of a jazzy vibe. Uh, last year, you released a solo track titled Pizzicato and Tremolo, um, which is what you call experimental Erhu music. Um, I'm really excited that you're bringing uh, a traditional instrument like the Erhu here today, and also to see what you do with playing and manipulating samples and instrumental sounds. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming. And then we have John Primer. I'm really grateful you're here um, to join and share your stories. I'm sure you have a few good ones. <laughs> And also thank you on behalf of Hong Kong uh, for what you guys have been doing at the Wanch since 1987. Um, it's been a place we've gone to hang out and listen to local indie bands playing since we were teenagers. And it's got a really special place for all of us in our hearts. Um, you have always been part of the fabric of the venue. And in 2015, you became the co-owner of the Wanch. Um, from your first music audition at the age of 13, you knew you loved music. Um, you graduated from the Youngstown State University in Ohio, which is also where you grew up. And playing music helped you work your way through school. 
You have traveled across the US with different bands and learned the art of running sound by working closely with sound technicians and studio engineers. You're the lead vocalist and guitarist of the band Don't Panic, um, who've been around since 2002. And in 2019, you released a solo EP called Bringing It Home via the John Primer Project on Spotify. So this episode, I also want to allow the audience um, to ask questions. So if you have something later that you want to ask, maybe after the break, um, you can let me know and you guys can come up to the microphone. So let's jump straight in. What is music and why is it important? Who'd like to start? I mean, wow. I, <laughs> I first received these questions two weeks ago and I'm really, I really appreciate we start with this question because personally, this is uh, very important to me and I'm still exploring this to date. Um, what is music? It sounds weird <laughs> in a discussion of musicians and why is it important? Um, as a Erhuist, I started to learn Erhu since nine and it's over 20 years now. So I also played in different indie bands in rock and jazz styles and also started to know more about audio engineering and computer music. And lately, since I uh, distanced myself from music for a pretty long time, this is actually one of the first uh, few uh, really musical music events I, I, I participated since I am back on working music. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, I mean, having um, experiencing so many different kinds of things, I think the basic idea behind every kind of music is the, is um okay let me phrase it like phrase it like this okay um it's a tough question yeah this is very tough um okay one second <laughs> um uh, we can always do this in the <laughs> yeah no worries <laughs> there will be some editing <laughs> yeah this one I I I. I think um, yeah how does it yeah does it is it emotional for you or is it about science or what is what does it mean to you yeah, it's both yes um, by playing Arahu you are getting in touch with many uh, Chinese culture and um, and the history and when you play jazz, when you try to play something new, and um, you, I mean, you are always finding new possibilities in different kind of music, and bringing traditional music into those fields are challenging. And at the same time, I would like to question: Why are we making music, and what do we find beautiful in it? And um, that's why I started to find meaning in the nature as well by opening our ears, by just walking into the, the, the field to open your mind, to, to allow yourself to be heard. Mm. And this is very important. And this radically changed how I approach music after I come back. So maybe I can slowly <laughs> bring in more detail as we go so on. So the, yeah. the listening. 
Yeah, listening is the the、uh, essential part of playing music, and yeah, it's, it's mean a lot to me. Wonderful. Okay, me first. Um, so um, it's a very interesting question, and I agree with Longman that it's a very difficult question to answer because you can go simple as oh, music is、uh, um, you know stuff that you listen to, or、yeah. you can go. Complicated as、um, it's a sonic, like sounds, sonic experience. Everything you know, it can go super nerdy or it can go super daily. Yeah, yeah. and this is the wonders of music to me.、Um, I, I did an、uh, like interview with、uh, another party before, and I was asked the similar question. And I use a long time to really contemplate and to think about what meaning is to me. To us, it's like very a very daily thing. To non-musicians, it's like music. It's something that I listen to every day, probably when I when I'm commuting to work, or like just relaxing at home. To musicians, it's probably a big part of your life. That sometimes it's like like people smoking cigs or people breathing. And it's so daily that you you don't think about what it is anymore until somebody really approaches you and asks you this important question. And so I think、um, so. Go back to what I've thought about.、Um, I would use a simple word to describe, or like a adjective or simple words to describe what music is to me. I think music it's like a friend that I have known for a long time. But、um, it's like a friend from high school or primary school, like elementary school. You don't sometimes you don't see him or her a lot, but when you meet them again or catch up for a drink or dinner, you still got loads to talk about, even you haven't seen him or her for years, because the person they witness your growth, and then you know that being with that. Friend, you can always be the most. You know, you can always show your the most authentic side of yourself,、mm. and it's unlike the friends that you you met in adulthood. Like you know, it's, it's just different. And music is it's similar. It's like、uh, somebody that had wit- witnessed、uh, my how how I grow up as a person and how I experience different emotions and learn about how to be. Uh, how to be a person living on Earth? Yeah,、mm. so it's like a friend.、Mm. Lovely. What about you, John? What does、oh. it mean to you? <clears throat> I think music, music to everybody has a slightly different.、Um, it has a different meaning because, to me, the music is from within, and whether you perform with an instrument or you're a music lover. It it really doesn't matter because there's there's something from within. There's something about that that particular song or that band or or that style of music that that stimulates you in a way, regardless if you play it or not. It's it just kind of it just kind of hits you and it warms your soul.、Mm. Um, I mean, I can remember when I was real young, and my father was a musician, so. To have the core members of his band come to our house and rehearse 
was to us it was nothing that was what we grew up with or to watch my mom while she's doing the laundry on Saturday and ironing and dancing to American Bandstand we had in the U.S. Uh, top of the Pops for you U.K. guys. Uh, you know, those are the kind of things that I grew up with, and those were my early memories of music. And I think everybody has those, regardless of if you're a musician or not. And, you know, because everybody, you know, you go hear a band or you hear that song, next thing you know, you got your foot's tapping to the rhythm or you grab your significant other and you're on the dance floor. And there's also times when certain songs have a certain meaning in your life that never go away. Um, I can pull you straight back to that Yeah, it's, it's like... Um, for me, that song is Stairway to Heaven. Um, uh, I'll date myself. I have a lot more mileage on the odometer than you guys. Um, but I used to, I played that song in a band, and it was current. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I wound up having to play that song at probably one of my dearest friend's funerals. And... I've never played that song again, not yeah. in its entirety. But every time I hear that song, it brings them, I can feel it now, it brings mm -hmm. a mixture of emotion of the happiness and the good times that I had with my best friend mm -hmm. and kind of the sad times at the same time. And we all have that. Whether we recognize it or not is a different story. So in asking what what music means and you know to everybody it's different to the guys out there making electronic music you know it's they've really got a animal, they've yeah. got a whole different meaning to it than the guys like myself that are playing rock or like Quincy who's playing you know playing her own you know indie stuff and and it, Mr. Experimental over here long man <laughs> you know I mean it it means something different to everybody so um, is that not the beauty that it can that is the beauty find that's the total beauty of music at the end of the day because for each one of us it has a different definition mm -hmm. so I hope I answered your question yeah. <laughs> great I think that this like quite nicely leads into um, I'd like to know What's something in your background or in your cultural heritage um, that's influenced your musical life? Um, so I think we could maybe continue with you because you were already starting to give us a little bit of that. Yeah. And maybe if you have a, a song as well that was something you grew up with or was significant yeah. in your well, family. This was for me. This was a tougher question because I think I think in different parts of our lives we have different songs that have a special meaning and that become that in that moment or in that space and time mean a whole lot more to to us than maybe they do later on down the road as they become a, a really good memory. Mm. But another song has kind of taken that place. Like I said, I grew up in a house. My father was a musician. My father had a beautiful voice. He was he was a real singer. I'm a rock what, screamer. What kind of music? What kind of music was it that he my played? My dad did. My dad started out doing big band, and then as he got a bit older, the band trimmed down a little bit because, like he said, hurting it was like hurting cats with 15 people in a band, and uh, so he trimmed it down a bit. But my father, my father's band. 
by February would be booked for the entire year. I mean, they were they were very well known in Cleveland, and and my dad worked day job. He was factory worker. We wow. grew up in that kind of situation, and grew up slightly dysfunctional as well because there were certain demons that my father had and that I had later on in life, and uh, those things happen. It's part of life, but. Um, yeah, like I said too, my watching my mom dance to American Bandstand when I was a little kid, or having my dad's band rehearsing twice a week at the house, where for us that was common. Our friends would come over and go, "Oh, this is so cool," and we're like, mm, eh, "Okay, this <laughs> <You know? laughs> is kind of how normal yeah, it's just normal how it is." But the first, the first real big influence on me. Like you said, I stole my dad's car keys at 13 and went on my first audition with a working band. And uh, got the only reason I didn't get grounded was I got the gig. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that worked. <laughs> and, um, but the very first true inspiration, and it's real funny, we were talking about this earlier, was, um, now I'll date myself even further, I saw David Bowie and the Spiders from Mars. Oh. Oh in God. concert, they did two shows in Cleveland before they launched the major tour. So it was a very small hall, only held 1,500 people. And my band wasn't playing that weekend. So the drummer and I went on Friday because the rest of the guys were like, ah, you know, because we were still playing, you know, typical, typical rock. And the drummer and I were just so blown away. We went back the next night with the whole band. And we bought scalp tickets, and we went the second night. And after we finished our contract obligations, we went back to the studio, and we came out as one of Cleveland's first glam rock bands <laughs> with the red hair, the Bowie cut, the whole gamut. So doing stuff like that in the Amazing. hair bands of the 80s, that's why it's all falling out now. Blaming uh, <laughs> the hair bands. Yeah, <laughs> in the 80s. Yes, the teasing and the hairspray, yeah. But uh, so really, really, David Bowie was really one of my first real influences because between the theatrics and the music and the visual and it was just it was just something that hadn't been seen at that point in time and even to this day I can still remember that concert and I've seen him many times since um, so David Bowie was probably a little bit jealous <laughs> David Bowie was probably him and the Stones were probably my two biggest influences Keith Richards was the other would you like to play one of those songs or yeah. where yeah, okay. if you want to? I'll do one. Hope I don't screw this up. It's okay. <laughs> Ground control to major tone. Ground control to major tone. Protein pills and put your helmet on. Ground control to Major Tom. Seven, six, commencing countdown engines on. Three, two, check ignition and may God's love be with you. Ah, pitter patter. This is. Ground control to Major Tom 
I'm stepping through the door And I'm floating in the most peculiar way And the stars look very different today For here As I'm floating in my tin Put on the CD. <laughs> oh, hearing you sing is so special. Longman, what about what about you and your cultural background and heritage that yeah. influenced your music making? Wow, uh, I have a rather different story. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I grew up in a local family. Um, the first memory for me about music is my mom would play the one same song every day yeah <laughs> after her prepare coffee play the cd and that's when i wake up that repeat for years <laughs> and and that kind of influenced me how i listen to music like when i love a song i'll play it a thousand times until i feel okay i'll put it on the playlist to a little bit sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so what was the song that your mom played okay she loved jackie chan mm-hmm. and the song was ah in English. In English. Love you. I, I, I think they have a like a <laughs> um like a translation. Love you more, more a little bit each day. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So um yeah, so I basically grow up and listen to a lot of classic Cantonese uh pop songs. Uh I love Leslie Chung a lot, like a lot. I know every song of him. And uh, listen to Eason Chan and lo- like every many other teens in Hong Kong. And um, also that my mom loved Cantonese opera a lot. So she sent me to learn Erhu. 
in the music office in uh, the, uh, under LCSD, Hong Kong government. That's a pretty fun story because, well, on the first class, on the first lesson, you get into the classroom. There were 12 to 15 kids all bringing an instrument that they didn't know. And we open the box <laughs> and we do some funky thing with that and the, the lesson is over. <laughs> it's, you spend years to figure out what, like, what you were actually doing. <laughs> because every time I just pull out it and do something and, and pull it back. <laughs> yeah, but um, I did not have much entertainment at the time. I had a computer with some games, but I love to play with my Erhu, just do some uh, weird thing with it. And, um, and uh, I, I didn't know, just keep playing for the, uh, another 20 years. And um, yeah, that's basically how I started learning that. My mom was very disappointed because she thought, okay, I sent you to learn Erhu. You're going to play me some Cantonese opera, but sorry, no. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's um, a very different culture. Uh, to to follow a, in a conservatory mm. way of playing music or playing local um, or uh, opera uh, Cantonese so opera. So the, the Chinese opera doesn't really speak to you, or or how do you feel about it? I mean, after I grow up, they resonate to me a lot more than I I, I was a kid, and I think it's a normal. I I think yeah, I think it comes to me like that. So I when I after I grow up, I started to read a lot more and go to concert uh, Cantonese opera concert a lot more but I didn't have that resonance at that time I I, you know in the school there were, there were guys playing guitar the cool guys uh, <laughs> the playing pianos the cool guys and th those who play Erhu not so cool and, uh, but now so, you're cool I know right <laughs> that's why you, you spend a lot of effort to try to impress them by doing something really fast really really no technical Yes, look at me like that. And I think this is part of me and part of how Chinese music come, came along uh, as a, what we call as modern Chinese music. This is how it came from. So uh, it's basically inherent in the instrument and the culture itself and myself. <laughs> so um, I spent a lot of time playing technical stuff and um, as they say, uh, conservatory repertoire. And there was one that you got to hear like a lot in every TV shows or when somebody say, oh, I play Arhu, let's play some horse racing. And uh, that's horse and racing. Horse racing. That's uh, the one I'm going to demonstrate right now. Oh. Yeah, in more Asian music culture, you, you hear people or instrument um, imitating the sound of the nature more than the Western classical music. Mm -hmm. um, as far as we know, um, there are composers, classical composers, doing that in the 17th centuries. But it's very common in Asian cultures that we use music to communicate with each other. Like in the back in the days, we we try to hunt our prey or it communicates over the mountains. We use instrument to to do that. And yeah, horse is one of the more closer uh, animals to the Chinese or the Mongolians. So uh, the people, um, the composers adapted some sound and apply it to uh, the instrument of Erhu. And maybe I can demonstrate. Yes, yeah? please. Yeah. 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 
We need to rebuild the boat so it's better for <laughs> our hooves. <laughs> 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 I'll okay. ask my dad. <laughs> okay. Um, horse racing. Pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's pretty right. cool that's technique. Right. Well, that's what I meant. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, there are more animal sound coming on. Maybe in mm. the next section. This okay. is what I'm looking at right now. What What I'm seeing in the first part was. So, um, sorry, is yeah, this sorry, a, yeah. a? Are you improvising? Or are you Were you playing a, a score or just now? Yeah, that's a fixed score. Okay. Yeah, uh, horse racing. I think it's written in 1965. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's cool how it switches between also the picking and the, I don't know if that's what you call it when you switch. Switch from. From using the bow to. Picking. Oh yes, uh, the pizzicato technique. Yeah, the the picking string technique and the uh, ricoch- ricochet techni- techniques and imitating the sound of horse. <laughs> that kind of sound. <laughs> Maybe I can do it better than my own. Yeah. <laughs> I should replace it with my sound next time. <laughs> wow. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Those are the newer techniques at the time. Yeah. In, imported to the uh, Arho playing. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to switch over to Gwenji now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So same question about your cultural heritage and background influencing your musical life. I'll start off just like Lawman did. Like I said, we go to the school by bus. <laughs> we are like we are from local families, so it's very it's a very common thing that your parents would kind of force you to learn an instrument when you when you're young, mm-hmm. because that kind of I don't know it's like a plan B when you when you lose your job, then you can be a violin teacher, something like that. You know, that's the intention. And so I, I also learned. 
That's quite uh. contrary for Erhu. <laughs> 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 you got what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I learned violin. I think it helped a lot uh, with my musical sense as well. Even though I don't play violin a lot right now. Like basically, I just have given it up because of how I was. I kind of I dislike the whole learning process because I, I was forced to take exams, and and then I, I turned out I hate the instrument from then. Yeah, and it's a pity, but it helped a lot with musical sense. And I think violin has played a really big part in my um, music journey in my life, and also what my mom played uh, on her CD player. Uh, it it used to be a very hit thing to have, you know, love songs in a compilations, like you know, in two thousands, right? And then my mom always. She always bought those CDs back home, and then she had a CD player at home, and she would be playing those CDs. And then with like carpenters, there there are carpenters, there are like just cheesy love songs, and and also very um, how to say popular. I would say uh, some folk songs from the eighties, seventies, eighties, and um, I remember very well the song "Lemon Tree." Uh, because my mom used to sing it to me all the time, and she'd be like dancing, and it's one of the grooviest songs that I, I've listened to from those CDs. So it's usually for you know, folk or those love songs. They have similar patterns and arrangements. But Lemon Tree is just ha- has been on my mind for so long, and I just couldn't. Um, I, I it's always there, so I I want to share with you this song. And I hope I don't screw it up because it's just such a song that everybody knows, and it's yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I've got lyrics here. I'm sitting here in a boring room. It's just another rainy Sunday afternoon. I'm wasting my time. I got nothing to do. I'm hanging around and I'm waiting for you, but nothing ever happens. And I wonder. I'm driving my car in my car. I'm driving too fast. I'm driving too far. I'd like to change my point of view. I feel so lonely. I'm waiting for you, but nothing ever happens. Wonder how, I wonder why. Yesterday you told me about the blue blue sky, and all that I can't see is just a yellow lemon tree. I'm turning my head up and down. I'm turning, 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 turning around, and all that I can't see is just a yellow lemon tree. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I've never researched on like the history of this song. Is it not a big thing in other places, or just I'm not in Hong sure. Kong? For those who grew up other places, was it a big thing? Never. No. No. German band. Yeah. But it was very big in Hong Kong. Yes. Yeah. And then it's yeah. It's just everywhere. 
And then my mom loves the song. <laughs> she always plays it to me. And I was like, oh, it's such a good song compared to other love songs that she listens to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you said so, Carpenters, I could definitely relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now we're getting to something a little bit more like a song that shook you, that stopped you in your tracks, and that made you think, my God, I have to do music. I have to do that kind of music or whatever. Something like that. What song was that? Me? Yeah. Okay, so I seldom talk to people about this because I think it's part of my dark history. So usually, like, for example, like, guitarist, um, you ask a guitarist, oh, like, who do you listen to? Who shook you? And who makes you want to do music? And they'll be like, oh, Steve Vai, oh, Eric Clapton, you know, like, big names. And cool names, you know, cool people, big people, popular people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, long one. <laughs> and but I have, like, I literally started playing guitar because I want to sing and pay, play along Backstreet Boys song. <laughs> like this is, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <Sorry>. and um, <laughs> I, I wasn't a fan until they released the album, um, uh, Unbreakable. So it is not, uh, I want it that way era. Like it's way further. Uh, the the album was out. I didn't know there was a a, a further. Yeah, did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't fall. The album was out in two thousand eight, and then that time my dad got me a really cool headphones. It has the MP3 player inside, oh, so I gosh. can just you know wear out and I can listen to music. And You're then giving away how young you are right now. By the way. <laughs> no, 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 it was uh, two thousand eight and. Uh, Oh, I, I'm not that young. <laughs> yeah, uh, young la. And then so, um, Baxter Boys got the album out, and I, I don't know, I forgot. Probably I used LimeWire or something. I download, you know, download songs. And then I, I download their songs, and I realized, oh, I like the tracks. Who, who are those guys? I think I, I knew them, but I, I didn't know any, any of their songs. Not, not I wanted that when no, shit. Like, I don't know the other songs. But then I just have their album listen again and again. I loop the album. I love the songs. I love AJ McLean because I like the, the he paint his nails. And I, I was in my teenage. You know, I just think that he's so cool and, oh, so handsome. Backstreet Boys. And even they are already not, they are not boys at that time already. You know? <laughs> They're uncles, Backstreet uncles. But I still, I, and I still like them. And then um, uh, I, I won't say they make me want to do music, but because uh, guitar has been a very important medium in my music making. And if I have to trace back and look back on like what makes me want to play guitar, it will be Backstreet Boys. Could you play just a couple of bars of, of the song yeah. that you swooned to at home it's, it <laughs> when has, you were like, dreaming really... of AJ? <laughs> not anymore, not anymore. Okay, okay, don't okay. tell people, okay? <laughs> no, this yeah, isn't, this isn't recorded or anything. No. Yeah, it's, it's very awkward, like, no. I, and, you know, the whole album, it's called Unbreakable. It's, I, I think it's about, like, uh, breaking up with your partner and then you feel heartbroken and then the whole album, every song is about you know, uh, I'm sad, she's, uh, she's dominating, uh, she's breaking me. Like, the whole album is about that. Even when I prepare for this podcast, and I, because I've, it's been a long time since I listened to their songs. Like, um, like, and 
I haven't listened to this song for a long, long time, probably 10 years. And now I have to prepare for this thing, and so I listen, it, I listen to it, and I realize the lyrics are so cringy. Like, <laughs> it's, too, it's too straightforward, and it's... I don't know why, it's just... No, 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 no. But it's so straightforward that I can feel the... I can feel the uncle's heart. Actually, <laughs> I can feel them. And they're, and they're actually coming, right? Say, yeah. yeah, they're coming. Oh, my God. And I wonder, I, I think they will, uh, they will play um, I Want It That Way for sure. Yeah, and course. a lot of people will be dancing to the, to the song. Yeah. Including you. Yeah. No, I think I'm not going. I'm not going. <laughs> what? Because so I don't dumb. think they, they're going to play this album. Like, like you never listen to this album. I think mm-hmm. it's it's not a big thing at all. Like it's 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 they they are popular for that few songs, to be honest. Yeah, and they are really successful for that. Let's hear your version. Okay. She keeps the secrets in her eyes. Okay. She wraps the truth inside her lies. Just when I can't say what she's done to me She comes to me Leads me back to paradise She's so hard to hold But I can't let go Cringy I'm a house of cards He sings the song AJ. first. Yeah. Tell us about AJ. <laughs> no, 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 no. Edit, edit this. Like, cut it. Okay? I'll pay you. Huh? Right. <laughs> How much? How much? <laughs> okay. I charge per word. Oh, really? Oh, oh, um, oh no. I work part time tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, that's it. Does that question resonate with either of you guys? Backstreet Boys? <laughs> 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 of course. Yeah. No, don't be shy, don't be shy. <laughs> yeah. A song that shook you, did either of you want to also answer that question? Yeah, indeed. I, indeed, I have with me a CD. I'm looking for some relics to share <laughs> uh, last night. So I find a CD. This is titled Butterfly Lovers Concerto for Gaohu and Orchestra. Is um, performed by Wang Onyun. Uh, he is the absolute virtuoso for the several generations in Hong Kong. For everybody who play Erhu, he is the target. Like okay. he is the highest standard. Oh. Wang Onyun. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have chance to like learn from him directly. I work 
with him a few times in an orchestra work, but mm. uh, talked with him a few times. Very nice person being, a human being. And um, this CD, uh, I used to go to work. I go to work by bus. <laughs> that <laughs> bus ride take me one hour. <laughs> yeah, don't let it stop, right? Um, um, during the one hour, I would play the Butterfly Lover twice. Oh. Yeah. Resonating to how my mom listens to music, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I love this music, I play it twice in one hour. Um, yeah, because the concerto uh, um, lasts for 29 minutes, so two makes one hour. And um, truly beautiful one. Um, and uh, this is the kind of music, or in general, the music Wong Onyun play influenced me in um, playing better. In, in, in many ways. So I spent the first 10 years um, playing better in Erhu, I mean, in a conservatory way, trying to get into the music school. It didn't went well at last. And I think that is also a, a, um, a very good thing to happen if I look back, um, that I didn't go into the conservatory because I know there are a bigger part of me inside uh, that is nerdy. Very nerd. I as a like I I, I play uh, with computer like coding and um, uh, playing with modular synthesizers, patching. I like sitting down solving problem. That's meditating to me. So I'm glad that I didn't follow that path into like a music conservatory way and um, to 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 find what I like eventually. But yeah, this city definitely one of my favorite <laughs> when I was younger. Um, yeah, and um, would you like to play us a part of the? Yeah, and in fact, I the... I was shocked when I pulled out this CD because I didn't intend to bring this one. I also <laughs> about to share another one, but yeah, I don't know why they swap position during the night. They're playing Toy Story. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm actually was uh, I was br- uh, trying to bring another CD from Wang Onyun playing the ten most famous pieces by Lao Tianhua, Liu Tianhua. Liu Tianhua um, is a man born in the late 19th century into the 20th century as a man who witnessed the um, miserable history of his country, the fall of Qing Dynasty. Um, he devoted his career into reinventing Chinese music, uh, or specifically Erhu music. Mm. Yeah, and he wrote 10 very important pieces and this is regarded as one of the most te- 10 important pieces to now. If you learn Erhu, you have to know them at least five or six or more, 10 of them. Um, so I would like to play one piece uh, from Liu Tianhua. Yeah. Should I play it on the CD player? Or, or are you going to play it? I, I'm going to try to play myself. And uh, Great. the title of that piece is called Bird Songs in the Echoey Valley. Yeah, you're going to hear more animal sounds. And Great. There's a lot of birds around here, so it's yes. very fitting. It's a nice place to play this song. So um, I'll yeah, stop talking and play, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
That's the bird song in the echoey valley, um, and I think this is the minority of the chi modern Chinese or Erhu pieces that connects me back to the tradition. As I very soon after the being cool story, <laughs> now chasing after techniques and after influenced by jazz and departed from music for a long time, I um. I come back to music because of this kind of music because it connects back to the nature, mm. and I think this is what we need today. As as, I mean, for myself at least, this is important to me. So yeah, that sounds. It's wonderful. John, did you what have? Uh, did you also want to answer this question about um, a song that shook you or? <clears throat> song that shook me. I, like I said earlier, I think. Um, I think all of us in different periods and different times of our lives have had different different songs that shook us. Uh, like my example, when I talked about Stairway to Heaven, that was one that shook me. And um, I have a Neil Young song that I play all the time that has a very special meaning to me because of um, I, it always makes you think of certain people that I perform with over the years that aren't here anymore and um, so that shook me but also when you talked about influences well I talked about my for vocal style it was David Bowie and mm -hmm. for guitar style it was it was two people really it was Mick Ronson who played lead guitar for David Bowie for many years and then played the Ian Hunter band and then as he was, he did a couple solo albums, and he did a last one called Heaven and Hull when he knew he was dying of liver cancer, and, um, and it's really remarkable CD. Matter of fact, he had set it up so that all of the proceeds from the album went to the Cancer Foundation. So, um, so yeah, there's a for me there's just been again. This is probably because I have a lot more mileage on the odometer. Is is throughout the course of life and I, and you guys will find this Quincy Longman you'll find as as you go on in your in your journey that there's going to be different 
different things that hit you in a different mm -hmm. way. Different music and different styles. Yeah, Backstreet Boys. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Backstreet Uncles. Backstreet Uncles. Yeah. <laughs> Seem to be Backstreet Grandfathers. <laughs> yeah, maybe already are. <laughs> and, and I think Paul, you can relate to that too, because you've you've performed for quite a while. I'm sure that there's been quite a few different different styles and music and songs that that have influenced you as well. Just as anybody yeah. in this room can probably answer that question sure. with different things, you know. Um, but maybe we could, uh, maybe a question, like just a quick uh, answer from each of you. What is the first album that you bought? And what form was it in? Was it CD? Was it vinyl? Was it download? Yeah. What was it? It's really hard for it's me. Really Do you have an idea? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mine was Fuji's The Score. Thank you very much. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well. <laughs> and it was on CD. Oh God, the dinosaur once again. Here we go. Uh, no, <laughs> no, this was before eight tracks, but I had eight tracks as well. Uh, no, the first album I, well, it's not totally true, but the first album that made a real impact because as being very young when the surf music was in, uh, like I said, um, you know, Beach Boys, Jan and Dean, all this kind of stuff. And but the first album that really made an impact on me, and I got my parents to let me get it, was The Doors, Ooh. the very first album with uh, Light My Fire and The End Amazing. and Crystal Ships, and that was that was the first album that kind of started me on my way. And then, of course, getting the Woodstock album and my father hearing me blaring Hendrix doing the Star Spangled Banner, which my father was in the Marine Corps, so that didn't go over very well <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I said, Dad, it's for you to make a big expression. He goes, not in this house. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so so I think okay. I think cool. as far as that goes, it's a lot of different things. But no, it was The Doors. That the was, Doors. Wow. Epic album. Yeah. You guys? remember what you first i don't remember i always have my sister buying the cds because she got the money i don't um. yeah and then so she got a lot of cds and the the one time i guess i, I really have fake memories but i remember one time that i bought a cd from hmv i had a really oh, happy like memorable experience i bought the cd uh at hmv and it's by um the civil wars I'm not sure if you know. Yeah, it's a folk duo, countries folk duo. And um, so I discovered them on YouTube. And because I used to play a lot of songs, like I just study and then I play YouTube. And then they just suggest me a lot of different songs. And that's how, actually, I, I have to thank YouTube for broadening <laughs> my horizon like in terms of music because mm. I think um, our age actually CD kind of kind of um, I can't say it's obsolete but uh, the trend is not in CDs anymore mm -hmm. when I'm in my teenage almost like digital mm -hmm. uh, digitalized music starts to be a popular thing you know mp3 stuff and so I think I started mm -hmm. listening to music on YouTube since I'm like 16 or 15, mm. 16. And I discovered <laughs> a lot of good music because what they have yeah. suggested, because of the algorithm, and they have suggested 
so many good international folk music to me, and one of them is the Civil Wars. Civil It's Wars. a uh, female, like a guy and a girl uh, duo, and the guy will play guitar and the girl sings really, really good. And um, I discovered them, and they were not big at that time. And I already loved them, but I did not like pay attention to their release, or I, I, I wasn't like a follower. But one day, probably two, three years later, I went to HMV and I saw on the chart they are they are number one on the chart. And I was like, oh my god, the Civil Wars! They they, they used to be like small, like not popular international musicians or duo that can be found in Hong Kong's HMV. Usually, I, I believe the album will be something that you need to ask the staff that, oh, could you order this for me, please? They, yeah. they, they won't even buy that album to sell it at Hong Kong HMVs. And then I, I saw them on the chart, and I was like, oh, my, my, my jam, it's now discovered. Like, I feel <laughs> so mixed. You know, when yeah. you find hidden jam, you feel, oh, yeah, I found something really nice. And when they got back, you feel happy for them, but at the same time, You think that oh, other people they also found them now. It's not exclusive anymore to me. <laughs> yeah, so I remember this experience, and they they have um, they don't do. I mean, they they have discontinued. They have split or something, and mm. it's a pity. But you know, good things don't last. I always yeah. think, yeah. Such is life. Yeah. 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 What was your first album that you bought? Yeah, that's pretty interesting because. Um, um, That won't amaze you if I say I have more Erhu CD. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have a very weird experience that um, actually it was Bon Jovi. At the time, I didn't know who that was because jazz and rock and other kind of stuff didn't kick into my life after before 20. So I didn't know who the guy is. I just strolling down some street pole with my friend. It's on the, it's on the ground. <laughs> it's on the street. <laughs> it's two dollar, and I say, oh, what does it do if I spend two dollar on a on the CD? Let's go check it out. And I, I, I didn't know what I listened to at first, and I didn't know who that guy was. <laughs> that was Bon Jovi, and uh, yeah, that that was pretty interesting. But yeah, um, that's the some of the memories I can uh, tell you. But there's but there's some interesting phenomena just. When you just bring up, because now when bands release their music, they would very much like to make a CD. But if I was sent a CD, like uh, yeah, this is for you, I would look at the CD and search in, on Spotify. And this is um, a, a phenomenon. Like we, mm. we would like to have something physical. So, yeah, that's yeah. why a lot of fans are, you know, printing vinyls as well. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. we're going back to vinyls now. Vinyls making a big comeback. Because yeah. of the sound difference, yeah, yeah. or anything else. I hear even more. cassette tapes might be coming back. Which would be cool. uh, <laughs> no, it's actually I in the states. Tapes. It's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so the next question is kind of a fun one because it's like asking you a song that you wish you could have written yourself. So who would like to start? Maybe we haven't heard from you for a while, Gwenji. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Um, so, I think um, I have been creating music since 10 years ago, and I kind of know what I've changed 
from just using guitar as a medium for me to write music to really enjoy playing guitar, enjoying different uh, chords in with different voicings and and to playing with different strumming style, picking style, and um, like I, I know that I have changed and appreciate more. Uh, of myself as a person who makes music at the same time playing guitar. I used to just think that, oh yeah, I just sing and write music. But I also recognize myself as I sing, I write music and I play the guitar. So maybe to some people it's a very easy thing to say, oh yeah, I play the guitar, I play the guitar. But for me, I think um, to be able to play, play the guitar well, it's something that I always want to do. And I want to share with you a song. It's by a U, uh, U.S.-based folk musician, Adrian Lanka. She is also a vocalist of a fam famous folk band from the U.S., Big Thief. And um, I, I like her solo project a lot because she has been doing folk music for a long time, and she literally writes her heart out and how she sings so authentic and and her guitar pay, playing is also really good and so she has been a person that inspired me a lot including this song that I'm going to play and um, this song shocked me and made me want to do more on my guitar playing and I also would like to write a song like that to inspire people like how it inspires me yeah this is called Symbol. Thank you. 
guitar playing there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And yourself, John, a song that you wish you could have written yourself. Um, okay, this will this will be a bit of a strange one, but it's a song that I've played for a long time and it has a lot of different meanings for me and and myself being I'll put it out there, myself being an alcoholic and, and recovering drug addict. Um, this song always just it just kinda keeps me grounded. So I'm gonna share it with you. It's Neil Young, so you Canadian boys, here we go. It's live. It's yeah. live, baby. It's That's live. It. It's real. That's it. Over to you, Longman. A song you wish you could have written yourself. Yeah. Um. This is going to be a longer story because uh, there is a big twist to the being cool story. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until <laughs> until the last point, I was still trying to be cool in every part, but that uh, that didn't work very well. At last, um, in two thousand. 17 or 16 I I started to play jazz that's when I um, uh, found Charlie Parker John Coltrane and a lot of big names and the bebops and cool jazz and whatever like the newer ones fascinating technically challenging harmonically you know the, the color is so rich um, having learning Erhu uh, as my only instrument I did not have a lot of chance to work with harmony, and that would have been a real challenge and a really fun one. And I spent a lot of time learning that. I, I could play some giant steps, some Charlie Parker tune, but yeah, but soon I realized one thing. Um, where are we going? <laughs> what, what, what am I going to do when I can play giant step? Like, 
even if I can play one time faster than John Coltrane, what 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 is it supposed to do? Nothing. So um, that's the also nearly that time I uh, decided to depart from music for a while. I need to rethink. I need to think about my life, <laughs> like the Star Wars saying. Um, um, and that's when I put down every instrument and I started to you know walk into the nature and open my ear, open my mind to listen to things and also looking into other possibility of making music or maybe look into the um, algorithmic possibility of making music, meaning using computer and making rules for them like um, Brian Eno's music, what they call generative. Um, we are not creating music. We are assigning rules and they will generate music. And I enjoy making that kind of music a lot because you like creating a world, like a, a cybernetic one, like self-regulating one. You create the rules and you sit there and listen to it like hours and hours and it keep amaze you. And wow, that's, that's simply amazing. And I spend a lot of time with my computers and with my... Um, microphone which is a fun toy i bring with me today uh actually um i'm gonna show something i made out of it later but this is uh what we call an ambisonic microphone um ambisonic stop me if i'm being too nerd yeah a short history uh ambisonic is a format of surround sound invented in the uk in the 1970s is basically a spherical representation or mathematical way of uh, telling you the sound directions. So uh, with this kind of technology, we can record sound in surround, not just 360, but a whole sphere. And um, this is a way for me to you know to render high quality and immersive audio from the nature. And I love it a lot. And I also recorded a um, some wave of Chang Chao this morning at the dawn, six p.m. at six a.m. Um, wow. I stand I stand inside of the wave because it's three sixty, right? I need to get into the sea to to, to have a <laughs> really good um, representation. So I stand in in the sea and do do something like that. <laughs> Stood there for uh, thirty minutes and got some really nice one. So at the end of the day, I would like to give this um, little piece of gift to all of you who would like to use it in your projects or just maybe simply listen to it. Uh, would you like to to go with your sleep or meditation? I think it's really nice if you hear it. Um, yeah, um, this is a little gift that I can bring to all of you today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, some field recording and computer. And as I said, I, yeah, I... I was listening to a lot of jazz like Jacob Collier, uh, Corey Wong, Corey Henry, Anomaly, those like the newest, the most exciting ones. I wanted to learn them, but I failed. And <laughs> so um, I couldn't play something like that today. But what I can do instead, uh, I can play some simple music from my computer. Um, um, it is about harmony, a reimagination of harmony. And chords. It's going to be a not too technical, but a little bit. Uh, in music, we uh, name chords. Uh, we, we call something a chord when it has uh, have uh, three notes or more. 
and um, I start asking questions like, okay, what would what if I have three random notes? What chord can I come up with? And what chord should I play next in order to generate a great effect, like chord progression? Those, those we have very certain rules, like like four, one, five. And what if I break some of these rules? What if I tell the computers to do something differently? And I have a very simple sounding patch, a digital synthesizer patch that I can um, demonstrate, maybe. mixing that live or can you explain yeah um uh what i was doing to my patch was i moderate what hap was happening between the random function to the actual sounding synthesizer so i'm not actually telling it what note to play with my hand i'm changing the probability oh. i'm changing the the way the 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 rate or the steps where it goes through and they will keep generating new ideas based on the rules. Basically just two random probability. When they clash it together and they generate different inversion, different voicing, different type and different roots of chords. That's basically how we name every chords. So with this patch we can in a very sim uh, in a minimalistic way we can hear every chord if we spend long enough time and every combination and I I tried with my some of my friends they actually we spent half hour sitting there just listen and we actually capture some really nice idea from them and 
it's really fun, especially when we have some MIDI controller with us. With with us uh, we can really make it really um, hands-on and physical. Yeah, and that's something little uh, interesting I found in computer music that I love to share with you guys. Thank you. Wow. So cool. Yeah. Cool guy. Cool factor just right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, so the next thing is, is about um, a song that joined you on a significant moment in your life or got you through a significant moment in your life. Um, maybe I'll start with you, John. Mm. Song that got me through a significant moment. Um, good question. That I had a hard time answering, getting an answer on this one when I read it. Um, I think probably when when I'd come to the realization of of I had to battle my demons once and for all, I um I listened to a lot of um, again going back to. Canadian band. I listened to a lot of a lot of Rush at that point in time. I went back and listened to Twenty One Twelve in particularly Neil Pert, the drummer who just recently passed away. He was the lyricist, and his lyrics were extremely deep. And in Twenty One Twelve, his inspiration was Ayn Rand, hmm. and I found. I found myself going, okay, I've never read any Anne Rand before. So I started getting into some of her books and between the books and twenty one twelve and they have a they have a song on, on the second side um called Train to Bangkok, which would always make me laugh because it was talking about traveling through Morocco and everywhere and sampling the wares and it would just it, it would make me laugh at my own situation and what I was dealing with. But it would also put things into perspective for me. So, and unfortunately, I didn't bring a copy of that and I it's can't okay. play it. So, but, but yeah, that would be a song that got me through a difficult time. Okay, thank you. What about you, Gwenji? Um, it's um, I'd Rather Dance With You by Kings of Convenience. So I started listening to Coming Kings to of Convenience. Yeah. When I was 16, I think, um, yeah, my sister recommended them to me, and I really liked their music. Um, and the significant moment that their music helped me go through was that I, uh, I used to participate in the singing contest um, you know, when I was studying in secondary school. And I remember that was a year that I screwed up my performance, my voice cracked, and I felt extremely embarrassed. And I was very sad going home, and I fell asleep really quick. I was tired, and I woke up in the morning. I was super, super depressed, really upset by my perform my own performance, and I felt extra awkward and embarrassed. And then I, I don't know why, I just put up I'd Rather Dance With You by Kings of Convenience on YouTube. And it instantly lifted up my mood and just that magical moment I'll remember so much even that that was like more than 10 years ago and I still love this song a lot even though I don't play it often I don't listen to it often and um, but they have been a very significant icon throughout my musical journey 
And um, yeah, so I like to share with you this song. I hope I won't screw it up because it's such a, you know, a big song of them. And yeah. I'd rather dance with you than talk with you. So why don't we just move into the other? Just a chance of misinterpretation. So let your arms do the talking. I make you laugh by acting like the guy who sings. And you, you make me smile by really getting in the swing, getting to 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 the swing. Everyone in the mood for clock and flat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now's the bit which I think everyone has also been waiting for is for you guys to play your original tracks. So the first question is actually about for you to play something where you felt like you had written something or made something or improvised something where you were happy with the result or you felt like you were onto something, like sort of maybe early on in your music writing and music making where you're like ah yes I think I got something here um long line I'll start with you yeah um I mean to me my main mission nowadays would be to step back from something I've been using doing for a, a very long time and try to find a new perspective to music uh, from the nature uh, a nature way 
or the computer way. So in, in other words, it's a less human-centric way of thinking about music. Um, and actually here I, I, I have a book with me which uh, hit me a lot. This is a book written by a um, professor of biology from the UK, uh, David George Haskell. The title of the book is Sound, Wilds and Broken, Sonic Marvel Evolution's Creativity and the Crisis of Sensory Extinction. So a, bio a, a professor of biology wrote a whole book of sound. It described the sound from the very beginning of the Earth for billion years and um, describing the sound that human can hear and human cannot hear, the ultrasonic, the infrasonic, and how are they being, how they sound like today. Uh, there are many interesting examples. Um, for example, um, in a forest where the leaves are big, the birds tend to sing in higher pitch. Why? Because when winds blow through the forest, the big leaves uh, have a lower growl, lower sound. So in the long run, only the birds that sings with higher pitch can survive because they can find their mates, they can find their, uh, um, uh, avoid their predators, such on. And this is a very profound idea I found in the book because this is the, the idea behind this ecology shapes sound. And if we think about that, the whole earth is a synthesizer. Some, someone is playing the synthesizer behind all these things for billions of years. They shape the sound of the earth with the ecology, with the um, geology, everything. And m to me, it's time for me to surrender to, to, to this. And no, um, bebop, let's put it down. Let's think about music in another way. So um, this book and this idea hit me a lot. And um, are we supposed to play some music for now? Or? Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, I do have something relevant, and this is going to be very, um, um, in, in, it's a, some improvisation, I guess. Yeah. It's an interaction, an interplay between the field recordings and synthesizer. Uh, I'm going to capture some field recording with this mic, and I'm going to allow the field recording, say the sound wave, to trigger the synthesizer, ah. and allow them to talk together. Ah. Um, and the only... Um, uh, interaction or only participation for the human part would be pointing the mic towards something that I'd like to be part of. So.
Thank you. All right. I mean, um, it, the thing is, uh, sometimes we call those things experimental music, and uh, I think I want to point out or, or, or share some of my, of my thoughts about experimental music because I, I am more and more cautious when I tell people, I, okay, I'm doing experimental music because when I do it, People, the first question that comes to your mind is, "What is experimental music? Like noise, like um, like lots of noise synthesizer and different techniques, extended technique." And it didn't help to explain what is experimental music. Instead, um, I would take each instance as a musical experiment, and by saying this is a musical experiment. Um, the things becomes more clear. What is ex what is the experiment about? This is about the interaction between field recordings and synthesizer and our human music. And as an experiment, there are a lot of space for it to not work or work in certain ways. And I think this is the spirit of it. And um, for yes, for whatever we have experienced, we experience it together. And I think this is the spirit of it. So I really like to make my music with my guitar. Um, I think guitar in general is it's a great medium for me to feel music. I, I love um, to explore chords, and I like to explore the groovy. I, I, like, I like to play with groove, and uh, it makes me so excited when I write music. And for example, like... Um,
Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. It's my like literally brand new song just completed a few weeks ago, and yeah, I hope you guys like it. Yeah, love yeah. it. You love just, it. You just got a debut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's about uh, the song is called Unresolved Noise, and I just realized I don't know if it happens to you, but it all always happens to me that I always have, constantly have some noise, like uh, noises that reminds me that I'm. I'm not good enough. That I I cannot do that. You cannot do this. You're gonna you're not gonna reach there. Uh, try harder. No, you're gonna fail. Like I constantly have noises like that, you know, to stop me from achieving something that I want or that I stop me from doing what I want to do. And um, recently, I have um, watched a documentary on Netflix. I just watched like. Few, uh, 15 minutes, but I've already got a lot from it. It's called Studs. It's a yeah, it's a documentary about a psychiatrist talking about how he helped the people with mental illness to go through uh, to help them with practical method. And then so he mentioned something called Part X. Part X is it exists in everyone's mind that it constantly tells you that you are not good enough and that. Don't do it. Don't. Like, a lot of crosses, you know, just no, no, a lot of no's. And I, I kind of connect to the point that he mentioned. And it was, I watched it after I've written this song, but the noises that I mentioned is something like that. Just some noises that we should ignore because it kind of, uh, they are obstacles to to what you want to do, to, to how you can be a better person. But at the same time, it, it, it comes from our natural instinct, from the from fear, mm, fear of I don't know yeah. death, fear yeah. of losing. Yeah, so it's a very interesting thing that I li- that I like to ignore a lot. So it's the yeah. song called Point X. <laughs> no, <Maybe>? no, <laughs> it's got unresolved noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cooler. And I can I, I and I add this uh, title to the lyrics. So I, I, because my songs, the names are always uh, they, they, they don't exist in my lyrics. But this song, it does. Yeah. So I want to keep this name. Yeah. Thank you. Well, all of us here think you're fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then now for one more original track. Um, Hongwan, you ready? <coughs> wow. Ready, willing, and able. Um, I was about to suggest a. Live improvisation sounds like a good idea. We also have other musicians in the house yeah. yes. on the boat, in the boat, on the boat. And yeah. The boat. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if anyone else feels like getting in, um, okay. Do you guys think we can do something like together on the spot? Yeah. 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 Oh, sure. yeah. We can always try experiments. It's a spirit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Experiment on <music. laughs>
Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Cool, man. Thank you. Yeah. I think we're going to finish with one more song from you, right? That's our yeah, last yeah, 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 sure, song. Sure. Song of the Night. Well, it's uh, getting dark. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, really. Yeah. Is that what the song's called? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Haze. Oh, there we yeah. go. <laughs> Haze. Haze is a song that I wrote, um, I think, uh, one and a half year ago. So at that time, I was pretty stuck in terms of uh, creativity. And uh, I was talking to a friend, um, uh, and I was asking her, like, how are you doing? Like, uh, yeah, just, you know, random chat. And she told me that she had been suffering from, you know, mental problem and uh, she she'd been having panic attacks while she's commuting to work and then I was like oh I'm so sorry to hear that um, would you tell me more about the feeling of having panic attacks while you're uh, while you're on metro and she literally just typed uh, her feelings to me just and I asked her to type in keywords adjectives her feelings and I wrote this song with the keywords and adjectives that she provided <laughs> And thank you. You know, it's sometimes yeah. hard to write yeah. lyrics, right? And wow, thank you. And I was like, uh, uh, that's why I, I wrote this song. And and she's well now. And she's in a happy place. Uh, like, that's yeah, awesome. so happy place. Yeah, yeah, so I hope she's, you know, um, healthy. And uh, and we are, we are healthy too. I hope we'll be healthy, yeah, yeah. M- mentally speaking. Did she like the song? Uh, yeah, she liked it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Enough, enough, I think it's enough. The voice got stuck in my head and my head.
so much to you three for giving so much to us honestly really really beautiful and thank you for all of you guys for being here on the second episode of something that will hopefully continue um so yeah that's the end of this shador music club and the next episode is probably going to be in april i think we have reggie from rhythm mm. and hopefully adam lung atom lung um, and another musician. So, yeah. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.